the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm, I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley, and I'm, wow, I want everybody to sit back, grab your about eight, nine bags of popcorn, uh, because we're going to bring, we got a fantastic guest, you know, here today, Mr. Roberts uh, Sacedo, you know, and I tell you, this, this young man is doing so many things in the community, helping so many folks out got so many programs that he is had put together and that he manages well you know so we're gonna get an opportunity to get a chance to know him learn about some of the programs that he's doing and also how you can help out in a lot of things that we're doing because we all are one team you know we we all are one team and you know it takes a a village just like he says in one of uh, uh, his sayings it takes an entire village to really raise one kid uh, to help uh, one community out. So we're going to talk about all those great things. And uh, so how you doing, Todd? How you doing? I'm always good, especially when I'm a part of the James Cooley show, because you always have great guests on, and I can't wait to hear your guests' um, information today on mental health. Well, Todd, I tell you, man, this is going to be a good one, man. It's going to be a good one, and I can't wait to get started. So, uh if you want to be part of this conversation, you can call in. We got a line open at the radio station at 1-888-577-2473. Or regardless of where you're watching this at, uh, was it E360 TV, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, et cetera, uh, you can go to the comments uh, and give StreamYard uh, your permission to show your Facebook uh, picture, and you can ask as many questions of this young man that you want to. Michelle, I'm ready to get started. Can you uh, please introduce this great guy? Yes, I love to. I want to just give the audience, um, it's not one eight eight eight. it is one 2473 to call in and ask this amazing guest a question. So the title of today's show is Real Talk About Psychological Wellness. And the, top, the purpose is getting to know the president and CEO of Community Build, Inc. and the founder of the Community Response System of South Los Angeles, Robert Saucedo. And talk about what makes Community Build, Inc. such a vital resource to South L.A., and we're going to discuss the phrase psychological wellness and the causes of people not being psychologically well, and also what can be done to maintain or regain psychological wellness. 
So let's talk about our guest today, Mr. Robert Saucedo, a native Angelino. Saucedo has been engaged and involved with civic matters that impact youth, economic development, social justice, and literacy for over 30 years. In April 2019, he was selected to head Community Build, Inc., one of Los Angeles' oldest nonprofit organizations, which was founded by L.A. City Deputy Mayor Brenda Shockley and Congresswoman Maxine Waters in the wake of L.A.'s 1992 civil unrest as an organization dedicated to rebuilding South L.A. and providing resources and services to the community, particularly at-risk youth, young adults, and families with children. Since arriving at Community Bill, Mr. Sosedo aggressively sought to increase funding sources to support an expansion of Community Bill's services and community assistance program. Under his leadership, the budget has more than doubled from $3.3 million to $6.9 in less than two years. A native of South LA, Mr. Sosedo is acutely attuned to the needs of the community launching new programs. At the beginning of the pandemic in March 2020, Mr. Sosedo founded the Community Response System of South LA in a vehicle to ensure South LA residents receive their share of city resources and life necessities. The collaboration begins with 30 key community organizations, churches, educational institutions, and other stakeholders in the South LA area. Since its inception, this organization has distributed over 10 million pounds of food to the neediest areas at sites across LA. Prior to leading Community Build and founding CRSSLA, Mr. Soseo served as deputy for agency and review for former Los Angeles County Board of Supervisor Mark Ridley Thomas. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, welcomes Mr. Robert Sosedo to the show. How you doing, sir? How you doing? Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to uh, finally connect with the two of you, and thank you for being patient with our staff and planning this uh, wonderful conversation. Wow. You know, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and all the great things that uh, you're doing. You know, so uh, I know Michelle uh, introduced you, but can you tell uh, our audience a little bit more about where you grew up and what was your fondest memories in your community? Sure, sure. I, so I'm, I'm a native Los, Ange- Los Angelino, and as I told you earlier, I was born, raised, and will die in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm very proud to uh, just be a, a big part of this city. Um, I grew up uh, in both the Arlington Heights and Jefferson Park communities. And I think, you know, w- what I had the blessing of uh, when, when I grew up on both parts of town is there were a lot of young men that uh, we grew up with uh, on one, one of our blocks that we lived on were 14 boys. And many of us are still very close to this day as uh, we, as friends and, and brothers in Christ, and we continue to uh, maintain those relationships. So uh, L.A. has very fond memories. I am second uh, generation on my mother's side of the family and third generation on my father's side of the family. I'm also Afro-Latino, so I'm uh, African-American and Mexican-American. My father, uh, who we lost last year, uh, was of Mexican-American uh, descent and uh, was very, very innovative thinker, which is probably where I get a lot of the ideas that I get. Uh, you know, so uh, what were some of the lessons that your family taught you that this solid lock into your heart today? You know, my father uh, was very big on uh, you always protect the women at all costs. And we and I've lived my life that way. 
and um, family is uh, out. God, God is always right. So we, God is always first. So He just is, and then family. Always treasure family. That's where your real wealth lies. Uh, and then thirdly, um, it's embedded. Community service is embedded in my DNA. It goes back to as far as I can remember with my dad and, and some of the things he was involved in late '60s and early '70s. Wow. So uh, tell us about a little bit about your education background and how you. I mean, your heart just took you uh, to civil matters and where you are working in the communities and you're doing absolutely wonderful, wonderful things. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yes. I grew up in the Los Angeles area, uh, went to, was supposed to go to Dorsey or LA High, ended up being bused and went out to uh, Granada Hills to Kennedy High School. Uh, and originally I, I chose to go there because I, I, like, I used to like to race cars and they had the best automotive training center uh, in the LA Unified School District at that time. And then the year I got there is when they closed it. And so I took a business, business curriculum. And so by the time I graduated high school, I was a, uh, a level two bookkeeper from the uh, classwork that we had in the business curriculum. Went on to West Los Angeles Community College. Didn't finish uh, the, my formal education, uh, but stayed the course, got involved corporately, uh, worked for companies like Xerox um, when I was on the digital side of the business. And then I ended up in the healthcare sales, selling clinical laboratory services for a number of years, did very well in that, but always had a dual career where I did community service work. Uh, after the During the civil unrest, I was very active Prior to that, with a number of organizations that are built around social justice from church and think groups like uh, South Central Organizing Committee and had a lot of mentors in that regard. And then uh, my post-riot project was going back to my, my old neighborhood in Jefferson Park. And that was one of the only libraries in the public library system in the city of L.A. that did not have public restrooms for over 70 years. And so we expanded it. We raised the money to then take it from a 2,500 square foot, what was originally a house, to an 8,500 square foot library. And what we discovered is uh, the library in many communities in the urban core of our cities is the community center. So we were able to put a community meeting room there, a children's reading room. And the thing that's near and dear to my heart was I wanted to see a literacy room placed in the library. And when I, when I stopped by recently to talk to a librarian, they were sharing with me that prior to COVID, that room was standing room only. And what compelled me to do that is a lot of people that I that I knew growing up that went to prison shared with me that they didn't know how to read and you would never know it. But had they known how to read, they would have made different decisions. And so uh, it was important and it still remains important to me to keep that literacy room open uh, so that people have that life skill. Because as you know, when you read a book, you can go on vacation, you can learn anything you want uh, and make, you know, good decisions because you learn how to reason through through reading. So that's wow. a very, very big wow. part of, of my belief system. Hold that stop because we got to take a station break. Sure. When, when we come back, we're going to talk about community building and we're really going to delve off into uh, this great man. So if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 877 It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's Your Life. James is a motivational There's more speaker, stories of greatness to help you overcome and- adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. 
Hi, I'm Todd Purick, the producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Well, hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And we got this great man here, Robert Sacedo, uh, that's doing great things uh, in the communities, building the community. And I, I tell you, um, just enriching lives and giving true meaning to others who sometimes think that we don't have a chance. Uh, everybody has a chance. Everybody got purpose. You know, we just have to have somebody that that show us and encourage us uh, that you can do anything that you set your mind to anything. So, uh, if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one eight six six five seven seven two four seven three, or you can go to the comments on whichever uh, mechanism you're watching this, and you can ask a question that way as well. Hey, so Robert, um, you are the president and CEO of Community Built. Um, what exactly is Community Built? And I'll let you get started, but I I do have a video um, uh, on that uh, as well. So I can let you get started or I can play that first. Mm -hmm. Why don't I get started? Let's go back to the video because that's one of the programs you're going to show. But uh, Community Build is a broad spectrum uh, social service agency, if you would. Uh, We operate on the premise of three pillars, promise, which is uh, 
core of our mission statement of human capital development, economic development, and commercial economic development, which is our housing component. And then people, you know, people with lived experience, whether it's in street culture involvement, uh, counseling services, or otherwise. And then there's our partnerships, you know, bringing and bridging the gap with partners in the financial community, people like City National Bank, Comerica, Union Bank, Academia, University of Southern California, Loyola, UCLA. And of course, um, looking at uh, other partners across the city, like government, local government, federal and state, uh, in order to make sure that we all have this this interchangeable, interactive experience to do better and bring broader resources. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. And then and then uh, within the scope of our work, we do uh, the mayor's grid program, which is gang reduction and youth development. We provide uh, intervention services. I don't like to use the word gangs. I say street culture involved to prevent the RICO Act from coming down on some of the folks. And what we do is uh, prevent different groups from uh, fighting. The, the South. We also do prevention work for so kids 10 to 15 who are on the fence or come from multi-generational street culture involved families. Uh, we try to get them a path, on a pathway to, to a real normal life and get away from the street life. We have uh, economic development uh, where we're starting to launch social enterprises. And then our commercial economic development, we uh, developed uh, 62 units of permanent supportive housing uh, with a 10,000 square foot facility that houses our second location and a mental health services agency at 88th in Vermont. Uh, and we'll continue to do that. And we're looking at a couple other locations to be announced that we're, we're opening very soon. And then lastly, uh, we well, not lastly, but the other program that you were talking about is we've partnered with an organization called Shades of Blue. I'm not a jobs guy. I'm more about the conversation of careers. So introducing young people into what it takes to become pilots and aviation aerospace careers, which we're going to show that video in just a second. And then uh, we launched the CRSSLA.org which is a collaboration of 30 plus organizations who came together during the pandemic to, to have uh, shared resources and mutual aid for the community across South LA. We'll talk more about that a little later. So that's what we do as an organization. So I said, it's a very broad spectrum. I, I see. I mean, you, you, you guys doing a whole lot of things. And uh, it's just like I said, one program that I'm particularly in, all of them are actually, uh, but the video that I watched the other day, uh, really this, this, uh, I mean, it gave me hope. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll tell you what, Robert, I'm, I'm going to show uh, most of that video right now, and then we're going to jump back in this conversation. I am so thrilled to be here. I am at LAX. We're in this beautiful uh, hangar, and we had the privilege of working with Mayor Garcetti from the city of Los Angeles. What Shades of Blue is teaching us as well is you belong in any dream that you have too. Think about it. Everybody who thinks, well, I don't think I fit the picture of what a pilot is. I want you to go home tonight and look in the mirror. Because if you want it, you're looking at exactly what a pilot should be. Exactly what a pilot should be. We're here to introduce the students from all over Southern California to an opportunity for careers in aviation and aerospace. And our goal is to put a thousand students in the pipeline this year for being pilots and an additional thousand students for being aircraft mechanics 
and flight attendants and so forth. United Airlines announced uh, about a year ago that they're going to be filling 5,000 pilot seats, half of which will be for people of color. And so we're taking an active role in making sure that we get at least 1,000 young people in the pipeline to fill those slots for the future. What I want you to know is that it takes a village, it takes a village to raise a child. And I want to welcome you to the village of United Airlines. I got this advice from my father when I was uh, in high school, knowing that I wanted to fly. And that is, if you know what you want to do, you need to know what's required to get there. And then make sure that you accomplish 110% of those requirements. Because then no one can tell you no. The most exciting thing is the mere fact that we get the students to introduce them to the aviation opportunities and also to have an opportunity to see that there's people that look like them as pilots. When I was 22 years old, it was as though someone reached in their pocket, pulled out a set of keys, and said, here are your keys to the world. And I want to present this opportunity to all of these youth out here today. It started with a vision a long time ago. A vision I saw when I was growing up that I didn't see a person that looked like me knowing I want to be a pilot. So as my goal today is to make sure as we build the DEI perspective, that's diversity, equity, inclusion, that every single person around the community knows that there's an opportunity to do something here as a career at the LAX airport. No matter what you look like, where you're from, your cultural or ethnic persons, there's something here for you. You're also going to see other aviation-related careers with TSA, FBI, fire department, airport police, and a number of other opportunities. Barboza Space Academy is sort of like NASA for children, and they'll be introducing their program with robotics and how they create simulated Mars environments and get young people in the pipeline to become astronauts. I think the big motivating factor is we've got United Airlines pilots all throughout the building, and our kids are getting to interact with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and that is helping with the excitement. Then we have all of the junior astronauts are here today in uniform. You probably have seen them on some of these videos. I'm only 21, but I see so much potential in the next generation, and especially looking at the future of aviation and space travel. Um, I'm, always, I'm already seeing opportunities at the next generation. Wow. <laughs> Incredible, wow, right? that is incredible, Robert. That is incredible. You know, so why, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about that? Because I think that encompasses, I did not know about the astronaut uh, portion of it. <laughs> yeah, and I know you've got an aerospace background. Um, oh, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so what we did is, um, this has been a busy summer around aviation for, for us and Shades of Blue and Barbosa Space Center. Um, what we did at LAX, uh, Brian Jackson, who is the chief pilot out of LAX, uh, saw a Spectrum um, a news station article about us, and uh, or story, I should say. And he wanted to bring what we were doing in Ontario to LAX, which was, was always our goal. And so what we did is we featured a three-week cohort where we brought in over 50 kids to introduce them to careers in aviation and aerospace space. Um, that included uh, United brought in over 55 African-American uh, male and female pilots and other people of color uh, so that the kids could, you know, have the experience of actually seeing a black pilot, uh, something that uh, it was rare. And I, I remember on the way there, by the way, we're driving and Captain Daniels was in the back seat and we're driving to the event and I see three black pilots walking down the street from their hotel and I go, look, there's three black pilots. And then he goes, no, there's four. 
I go, where's the fourth one? He goes, in the back seat. But it was just amazing that even today that it's still a shocking experience to see that, right? And so the kids were very, very enamored with that. What you saw on the airplane, that was actually a C-17 flown in uh, by the Air Force. Uh, and the lieutenant colonel who was uh, the, heading that up had the kids come on board as a cargo, cargo airplane, but like a miniature city inside that thing. And so something they would never see. And the whole idea is to expose them, get them to get the bug. Because there's really, as I know, there's two careers that people have embedded them in starting in childhood. One of those careers is a doctor. You know we're very early on if you want to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. The other one's a pilot, right? And I remember my best friend is a pilot for FlexJet. And I remember his kids, we were laying out on the grass. And he goes, he pointed to a jet one. And he goes, that's what I'm going to be doing when I grow up. Some people would say, well, wouldn't, aren't lawyers known from childhood? I said, that's usually put on somebody by a family member or, or something that they've experienced. But those two careers usually start at a very early age. And so what I wanted to do with this program, when I heard about Shades of Blue, Captain Daniels, by the way, and I are cousins, and we were at a family reunion. And when he shared the work he was doing, I said, I'd like to have that in Los Angeles. So we initially started in 2014 with a five-week intensive program at the UPS Flight Operations Center in Ontario. A lot of people don't know UPS is the eighth largest airline in the world. And we were able to send 17 kid boys and girls uh, through a, a summer camp. And at the end of the camp, they all flow, flew the equivalent of a Cessna 152 out of Flavov Airport in Riverside. So uh, it's just exposing them to that. And simultaneous to this program, we graduated over 32 young people from the Ontario Airport, which was uh, led by Bruce Alice, the chief operations officer there, and, and his team with Bar- uh, Dr. Barboza and Tony Marshall. So I'm excited to introduce these careers to young people and put them on a pathway to excellence. Wow. Hey, hold that thought. We got to take a station break, but we're going to come back. I'm excited. We're going to pick this up and we're really going to get off in the community build and talk some more about all these great things. It's your life. I'm Dr. James Kluge. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There's much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gift of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm Todd Pyrrhic, the producer of The James Cooley Show. It's your life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen for anyone who thinks they're stuck in life or needs to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to become an overcomer because a bigger, better, and more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon or wherever books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. 
Hi, I'm Todd Purick, the producer of The James Cooley Show. It's your life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. The Answer, San Diego, streaming now on smart speakers and odyssey.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. And uh, I tell you, Robert, uh, that uh, the video and all the great things uh, that we're learning that your organization does, you know, especially uh, the housing, uh, the teaching, the mentorship, all of those things is what we need. We we need this all across the country. <laughs> and I, I think that's a, what a part of a community built is all about. And uh, Michelle, you, you said you had a couple of questions, so you, you got it. Yes. Before we get into the title of psychological wellness, um, Mr. Sosedo, I'd like to just ask you on a, just one more question about um, community build. So there's a lot of challenges, I imagine, being a nonprofit. And can you talk about the challenges community build has experienced being a nonprofit organization in South L.A.? And how have you addressed that? Certainly. So, so the biggest challenge of any and all nonprofits and community-based organizations is funding resources and, and access to resources. Um, in 2013, UCLA pushed out a report that talked about the state of nonprofits in South LA, which they do every year. And unfortunately, that particular report was very damaging to nonprofits because they talked about uh, how um, smaller nonprofits were not essential or vital. And we know for a fact that's not the case because when we formed a community response system and became a support mechanism, what we realized is that collaboration is what makes the difference, no matter how big or small a nonprofit is. So we are addressing that. Uh, we've been able to reach out, like I said, to partners like City National Bank, who've been very significant in their assistance to us. The University of Southern California has helped us by giving us 12 interns and financial resources to make sure that this collaboration works. And so we're taking a different approach. The old way of doing things has changed. There is a shift in how we do business. Uh, nonprofits are being asked to act, really need to work more like for-profit businesses and begin to think that way and run their organizations that way. And so we're seeing that shift take place. We're glad to be at the beginning of those conversations with some of our peers uh, who we work very closely with, people like Los Angeles Urban League, Vermont Slauson Economic Development Corporation, Wooten Center, Brotherhood Crusade, et cetera. Wow. So, um, Robert, can you tell us what is psychological wellness? Because the title of the show is Real Talk About Psychological Wellness. And I think people know what each word individually means, but put together, can you explain to our audience and listeners what that is? Sure. But before I define it, let me let me share a story that led me up to it. So in my introduction, what we didn't share is that I'm also an assistant pastor. And so I take a lot of direction 
from God spiritually and things that I need to do. Um, during COVID, when the pandemic hit and we formed uh, the work that we did, I've been busy 15 hours a day minimum staying in the game uh, and in this what I call wartime um, situation. Uh, when COVID started to slow down and when COVID, uh, when the city started to open back up, um, I began to uh, get hit with a couple of things. Last year, I lost my father coming into the new year. Then I lost one of my best friends who I talk to every day since childhood. Uh, then I lost two of my employees that I was very close to. And I ended my year in December with my aunt dying at my feet from cardiac arrest. But because I'm doing the work, you have to compartmentalize, right? So I didn't have the moment and time to be emotional about it. But when COVID started to slow down, I got, I got hit in April. With, I woke up one day and didn't feel myself. And I was like, what is this? And I'd, I've never experienced depression before. And what, what kicked my door in was grief. I was finally being hit with the grief of the people that I lost. Now, I've been blessed to have people like Mike Lawson from the Los Angeles Urban League that when my dad died, he asked me how I was doing. And I said, I'm OK. And he said to me, it's OK not to be OK. And that theme stayed with me throughout. And I started reaching out to different people like Barbara Perkins, who sent me her books and uh, is a life coach and, and gave me some some assistance and, and other people. So I have a network of people that I actually had to tap into to deal with my own psychological wellness. What that showed me, and I believe what God was showing me is we have to get rid of the word mental anything because it has such a stigma tied to it that if we could relabel this, repackage it in such a way where we show people um, that it's okay to get the help you need. As a matter of fact, it's okay not to be okay, but it's never okay not to get the help you need. And so what I did is I, um, I, I began to pray about it and God gave me this psychological wellness theme to start on. And my goal is to eliminate, like I said, the word mental anything and look and deal with psychological wellness. And if you think about a horizontal line with the right side, far right being, you know, extremely well, the far left not being extremely not well. So all of us fall within the spectrum of that. And so the goal is to give people a vehicle by which they could go and get the assistance without the stigma. And if I can pull the curtain back on myself, somebody who's a known leader in the community, then I certainly want to use my story, like Revelation 12 says, was power in my testimony. I want to use my story to encourage others to go get the help that they need when they need it. Exactly. I know there's a stigma attached to that word um, mental health. Um, people don't understand what it actually means. But do you believe that psychological wellness has more to do with biology or society in general? Yes. Right. Um, and what I mean by yes is uh, there are some people. Now, I, by the way, I'm not a trained clinician, but I do know a lot about behavioral health. Uh, there's some people who do have biological chemical imbalances that have to be dealt with. So that would be the far left of the psychological wellness, right? And there's ways to deal with that, whether it's medication, counseling, or otherwise, diet, et cetera. Um, but then there's societal things. You know, when a soldier goes to theater and fights in the war, we know they come back with PTSD, right? When police officers are on the street every day, we know there's no way they can't have PTSD. So they've got to arrive at their job with some level of psychological wellness so that they can stay and de-escalate situations. Same with fire, same with uh, gang interventionists, et cetera. So it is societal. It is some of it is biological, you know, in large part. But whatever it is, we've got to make it so that people will go get the help that they need um, voluntarily because there's no way to force someone into 
behavioral health uh, work. But if we repackage it, the work is the same, but how we get people there is different. You know, we see companies repackage their labeling all the time. We just went through a repackaging on our labeling, but the work is the same. But it's how do you inform or get to the culture of today to get people on the bus to wellness? And that's what I'm committed to. Well, well, Robert, you know, we do have a comment from one of um, our viewers. She says, thank you, Mr. Robert Sorcedo, for making a huge difference in the community. That came from Sandra Amandarez-Pierre. So I just want to um, shout out to her and just let you know um, her comments. Um, Do you believe there are people in certain communities that are more prone to struggles with psychological wellness? If so, why? I think the answer is yes. Um, it depends. You know, in the African-American Latino community, you know, it's not part of our culture to get help. And it's unfortunate that that has been the ongoing theme within our community. Um, and as a result, the problems get further exacerbated with behavior, with um, self-medicating, et cetera. So we've got to deal with it from that perspective. And also when we look at the inequities in our, in our, in our nation, you know, the, the, the trauma that uh, black folks in particular have experienced from both during slavery, post-slavery, even up to today with some of the things we see happening in the media, we have to acknowledge that there is, there is trauma and that's really what we're talking about. And so uh, while we can't control the behaviors of the system or the systemic challenges, we can fight against it. We can stand up against it. But moreover, we are personally responsible for our own wellness. So therefore, we have to go out and and deal with it. And by the way, thank you, Sandra. Uh, Sandra is a very prolific pastor herself in the Los Angeles area and just love to hear her preach. But but that's another conversation. Wow. <laughs> so uh, is psychological wellness, uh, how would I put this, different for for everyone, I mean, do everybody have their own challenges or is it just a standard uh, that goes with that? Right. So psycho, the, 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 if you think about the theme or the term psychological wellness, right? So what, what psychological wellness looks like for me is very different than what it might look like for you and, and so on, right? But the key is to understand where your center is, what makes you feel the best in terms of your psychological and physical health, and then the things that make you feel the worst are the things that have to be addressed. So it's doing what you have to do to be well and doing what you have to do to get over the challenges that you're experiencing. And that means building a network of people around you, understanding the resources, and, and also for family members to, to see, hey, there's a challenge here. You know, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Dr. Ronald Beavers, and he's, been, he's a very close friend of mine. He does a lot of work with veterans. And uh, we, we do work together. And, and he, he called me one day and he hijacked me. He says, hey, you might come into my office for lunch. I need to talk to you. So I go to his office. He says, look, I've been watching the work you're doing uh, for the last year. What I want you to know is you're going to hit the wall. And this is before April. And he says, I, I'm concerned about you. You, you know, you've got to slow down. You've got to do the work. So it's having people that care enough about you. And I always say you've got to love people enough to interfere in their lives. And so I've been blessed to have people around me who love me enough to interfere. Hey, practice personal care. It's important. And that's that's really what this is about. So what what is the number one thing a person can do to regain psychological wellness? And we got less than a minute before we take the break. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'll, I'll do it quickly. Most important thing is, hey, know what well looks like for you and then do what you got to do to get well. Wow. You know, I tell you, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and we're going to pick it up from here. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight 
646-577-2473 or just go to the comments portion of whatever you're watching this on. It's your life. I'm Dr. James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life, uh, Dr. James Cooley and uh, Robert, you're so inspiring and all the great things that you're doing out there. And uh, it's just amazing. You know, I kind of sense that pastor portion of it, <laughs> you know, you know, so, uh, yeah, I kind of sense that. And that's a great thing. You know, that's a great thing because, uh, you know, dealing with people, I believe that uh, we really have to know the Lord. I mean, if we want uh, to actually um be positive and get our message across we have to be walking the walk uh, not just talking the talk that's right so i i commend you on um, all the great things that you're doing out there and especially enhancing others lives uh just like i had mentioned this uh when we was uh, talking off the air about this probably should be a blueprint uh for the united states especially in a lot of uh, communities of color uh, and, you know, just having positive folks that go out there and lead by example, uh, understand what some of the problems are, and just uh, go out and get the hands dirty and work and try to work them out. Yeah. You know, uh, James, it's, it's interesting you should say that. Uh, a lot. What we have defined success is most people, when they get in this seat, would identify three or four things, do them very well, and define that as success. 
to me, that's mediocrity because there's so much that needs to be done. And what's important when I think about the work you're doing, for example, and your voice, when I think about the influence God's placed in my life, it isn't so much about me doing the work and as much as it is taking the influence he's put on my path, being able to touch lives with it. So for example, uh, when the pandemic started, uh, we were able to hire uh, 88 people from the reentry system from prison, from the prison door to our door as part of our community health worker program. And I was proud of that because I remember when uh, Derek Hill from Dasback Academy came to me and said, Robert, the governor has released the lifers. The problem is they have no probation, no parole, which means they have no resources. And it was like the movie Schindler's List for me, where he started taking his ring off and saying, if I could just sold this ring, I could have saved three more. And so I said, you bring me as many as you can. I'll figure out how to hire them. And if I can't hire them, I'll find somebody that will. And so we took them from there. Many of them had no resources. In six weeks' time, they all made $6,000. They were able to pay for their housing. A couple of guys went and bought trucks and started a gardening business. I mean, we were able to help them. And so when I think about what God puts in my hand, this is what I would say to the listeners. Just think about what God's putting in your hand. It's not for you. You know, we get, you know, if you bring some sunshine in someone's life, you can't help but have it shine on you. So go do the work. You know, I just preached this weekend a sermon, when God calls, you better answer. And that's really the work is we got to answer the call. And so um, because there's so many people out here hurting. And what I will tell you, because people ask me all the time, how are you able to do so much? Well, you've got to you've got to put some super in your natural to have a supernatural experience. And that's what God does. God redeems the time and he redeems the energy. And that's what's happened for me over the last couple of years in particular. Wow. Um, You know, what you're doing um, with your nonprofit organization, what you're doing in general is very it's very commendable. And it's also about just giving back and helping others. Now, on the topic of psychological wellness, what is one name? One of the things I say, a number of one thing that a person can do to regain or maintain their own psychological wellness or help others regain or maintain their own psychological wellness. If it's a partner or spouse, can you give your thoughts on that? Absolutely. So first for the person going through it, just be honest with yourself. And if you know you need some help, then let's get the help. If people are reaching out to you, stop and listen to it. But here's what we do in our life. We've got to stop doing. We see when people are going through trauma. And we always leave it to them. Well, if they need me, they'll come ask me. You've got to stop in your in your tracks and address it the moment you see it. Uh, example of that was just the other day I was in Lamert Park and there's a young man that I see all the time and he was sitting on the curb and he just looked really distraught. So I said, how you doing? And he said, I'm OK. And I said, how's the family? And, you know, he kind of gave me a, a rough answer. And then I turned back and I said, are you OK? And he said, uh, yeah, I said, no, what's going on? So we talked and then we prayed for him. And he turned to me, says, you know what, Robert? I really needed that. Thank you so much. And I saw him a couple of days later and he came back and thanked me again. He says, I was really going through it. And that made the difference. And what made the difference for me is to see somebody who had despair in their eyes. And just because of that extra 90 seconds I took, we could see hope enter their eyes and replace that despair. And that's what we should all be doing is don't take it for granted that someone will come to you for help. Don't take it for granted that it'll be okay because it may not be. And do you think that the a great listening skills is the key, especially if you have a, a spouse or, or a partner, um, sometimes just listening and not offering advice 
or your thoughts about the situation is a key skill to have. What are your thoughts on that, Robert? Oh, a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, um, I've had to learn myself how to be a better listener and know when to turn on solution. I'm a solutions guy. So you tell me something, five seconds, I get it. I can tell you exactly what you need to do. But that may not be what they're looking for. Maybe they're looking to be heard. So knowing the difference of when someone wants to be heard. The other component to that is uh, making sure that I'm sorry, my, my watch is going off here. The other component to that is making sure that um, uh, that we do hear and see tr the trouble, right? Let me have you re-ask the question again. I got distracted by the... the... <laughs> no, that's okay. Do you believe that just listening instead of providing a solution or your thoughts about what the other person's telling you is right. important? Yes. And so on the on the side of the of married couples in particular, one of the things you've got to get to the place of is understanding um, how to listen to your mate. Because remember, as married couples, we're invested in the enterprise of the marriage too. So sometimes when we hear something, we're hearing it from the lens of, hey, this could be problematic. And what I would say is you've got to switch that to having more tenderness. And when I was going through what I was going through, the one thing that I was thankful to God for is my wife really listened and increased her level of tenderness, I believe guided by the power of the Holy Spirit. And 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 as a result of that, we were able to work together through some of the issues. And so I would encourage couples to just, you know, you got to dial it back, forget about all the other stuff and, and acknowledge that what may seem mundane to you is real pain and trauma to someone else. And that's very, very important. Wow. You know, Robert, uh, we are going to lose our radio audience in a few minutes. I think we got about two minutes. So one thing I want to want, want, want them to know is what are, is a couple of takeaways that you want them to take from this great conversation? The biggest takeaway is it's okay to not be okay. It's never okay to not do anything about it. If you need help, look at look at the behavioral health community or services in your community. Also, there's a new thing that was launched a, a few couple of weeks back. 988 is the national hotline for suicide and crises. 988. Call that number. They can get you the help that you need if you need it. And even if it's not that serious, just get the help. Listen to your family. And for those of you who are not going through crisis, but you see crisis, stop and help somebody. Yeah. So how can uh, our listeners or viewers uh, get in touch with you or your organization? And, and what can they do to help uh, the organization out? Oh, thank you for asking that question. So we are in our 30th year and we'll be celebrating our 30 year anniversary on October 27th. Uh, our website is communitybuildinc.org and our other website is crssla.org, crssla.org. Um, you can get in touch with us, come to the website. There's an info, uh, community info uh, you can respond to us in. And of course, we do take donations. You know, let me and thank you for leaving that door open for me to even mention that. Um, we are a non 501c3 nonprofit 30 year organization. So definitely would take any support you'd like to offer to us. Yeah. So uh, you being the CEO of Purse, I mean, just in it, has uh, this changed you as a person, you know, community to build. Uh, yeah. Can you talk about, we got about a minute? Can you talk about that? Oh, man. You know, um, what has changed me is seeing restored hope in other people. Uh, what has changed me is seeing the hopeless become hopeful. Because um, I'm a corporate guy, by the way. Uh, so what has changed me is going from uh, 
being a bit cold in business to approaching it from the heart perspective. And, and I'm just grateful to God for that experience. Wow. You know, I uh, take away from the uh, for our radio audience uh, and Robert, stick around because we still got more live TV to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, uh, as this great man is talking about, I mean, it only requires you to want to. You got to want to help. You got to want to build others up. You got to want to assist. Uh, you got to want to influence and you got to want to be able to mentor. But you also have to walk the walk. Yes. Not just talk the talk. That's right, James. Hey, yeah, Michelle. <laughs> I got a question for Mr. Saucedo. Um, what are any upcoming projects that Community Build is working on this year? Oh, wow. So, so in addition to everything that I just mentioned, we are we are steeped in a public policy initiative called Groundswell. And Groundswell is dealing with water as a social justice and equity issue uh, because uh, clean drinking water in communities of color is a huge challenge in not only California, but across this great, I mean, across the state and the country. So definitely want to address that. You can go to groundswellforwater.org to find out about that work. And one of the things we'll be doing as a result of that work in the coming months is we're having some conversations about launching a, a water academy to train young people to get into the industry of water, whether it's reclamation, whether it's laying pipe, whether it's uh, uh, working and cleaning up the water. Um, forgive me, I just forgot the term. But but we're, we're, those are the new things coming online in the coming months that we're working towards. And I'm very excited about that. And then, of course, some of our social enterprises. Wow, wow. Robert, I want to thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. And, you know, you're welcome back. You already know that you're welcome back. And we do want to get events or one of your or the friend that or yours that you were talking about. So I want everybody to always dream big, think big, and be big. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. Let's see you. Thanks for joining us. It's your life. To learn more about Dr. James Cooley and how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been It's Your Life with Dr. James Cooley, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big in everything you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.